At the end of the day, we kind of started this program to rebuild the relationships with the teens that we had damaged during the height of the pandemic. We were interested in hearing the things that they wanted from us and just doing so in a way that was really fun. Welcome to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes with the Public Library Association. Today, our guest is Lindsay Trammell youth services librarian at the Betty J. Johnson North Sarasota Public Library in Florida. We're going to talk about how to start a book subscription box for teens, including finding resources for it, building the framework, and putting it all together. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us. Why don't you tell us what a book subscription box is? A book subscription box is a service patrons can sign up for in the library where they will receive a box with a book in it that's curated somehow, whether that's around a theme or patron preference or some combination of those two things. These boxes often feature additional supportive materials like goodies, activities, library swag, or information such as reader's advisory materials or promotions for programs or services. These boxes are often, though not always, recurring with a new one each month or quarter order. Library book subscription box is not an idea that I came up with. We were very much jumping on the bandwagon with this one, but I see it as a wonderful opportunity to market the reader's advisory skills of the library staff in a heavily branded, fun, and educational way. So this is just for teens right now. So yeah, our current iteration of the box is just for teens, and it is the majority of the participants are actually middle school teens, so they skew a little younger. How many subscribers do you have? So we cap it off at 12 because that's what's really manageable for our staff to do on a regular basis. And we've been pretty lucky that we've kind of kept that 12 going. We have a wait list, but most of the teens that sign up for it may have to wait a month for the next box to kind of happen, but usually they don't have to wait much longer than that. How do you decide how many books to include, what to include? Is it customized to the patron or? These boxes are heavily customized to the patron. We make them take a survey that asks them about their reading preferences, about their media preferences in general, the types of books and movies and TV shows that they enjoy, and also the sorts of things that they might expect from the box. So there's a lot of short answer responses that they can fill in if they want to, and then numbered surveys that are like indicating interest level in certain things. So we make them fill out that survey to sign up for the program and then base a lot of our choices on what goes into the box on that survey. If they want to stay in the program, they're required to fill out a how did we do form. So they're required to give us a little feedback on if we are fulfilling their expectations. And so we go off the initial survey and then we sort of make adjustments as we go along using that how did we do form. And what's the feedback, Ben? What's your track record? The teens really enjoy it. They love to bug us about when the next box is coming out. They enjoy giving us feedback, positive and negative on the boxes. They especially enjoy the negative feedback. They really love to tell us that we can do better than we're doing, uh, which has been really enjoyable for the staff, honestly, because our goal isn't necessarily to give them sort of the perfect box of things that they would enjoy, but to start a conversation with them. So whether the feedback is positive or negative, it's doing that job of starting the conversation so that we can build those relationships with those teenagers. Are the books expected to be returned? Are they shipped by the post office or 
our library branches within walking distance of a middle school. We have between 15 and 40 teenagers that walk over from the middle school every afternoon, and it's a pretty stable audience. We tend to see the same faces day after day. We were really targeting that specific audience. So we did discuss doing boxes mailed to houses at one point in time, just as an accessibility concern. But at the end of the day, we kind of already had the audience in our building. So when the boxes are ready, the teens are notified that they're available for pickup. We have a line in our survey that asks them for their contact information. So we'll send them an email or give them a phone call and let them know it's available for them. And then they can kind of pick it up at their leisure after that. They're usually pretty prompt about doing so because it's got fun goodies in it and free stuff, which they like. They're library books, so they have to return them. It was really important to us when doing the program that we give them new or new-ish books that they could keep forever. And there were a few reasons for that. We found that even once you have the students in the building, there are a lot of accessibility problems for library materials. Students might have trouble navigating to them. They might not know how to use library catalog. They might not want to ask a staff member for help, might not want to have the reading materials that they're interested in be on public display for people in a public building and be sort of subject to the judgment that comes along with that with their peers there and library staff. We can say all day that we don't judge their library choices, but they don't necessarily know that. So we wanted to be able to provide reading materials that they were very interested in without a lot of those access issues. As an added part of it, our community in particular really struggles with having access to books at home. I think the number is something like 66% of homes don't have access to more than 100 books. Being able to give them an opportunity to build up their home library so they have that access even when they can't make it to the library was really important to us. So our program is fortunately able to sustain that. It can be difficult. The books are one of the highest cost items that come in the box, particularly if you're buying new titles for teens, which is always nice to do because you can be a little more selective about the kinds of titles that you're recommending to them. You can make sure that they have the diversity that reflects the communities they're a part of and topics that are of high interest and covers that are newer, more interesting covers rather than older titles that might be donated to the library. So we have some money that we're fortunate to have that's dedicated to books for the community. So we're able to buy some of those new books. We get donations that are in nicer condition sometimes. We also partner with our local housing authority every year for the National Book Rich Environment Program and publish mail them new books to give away through that program. And they had a lot of excess teen titles in the past that they were able to float over to us so that we could sustain this program into the future. And you mentioned that you include a few other little tchotchkes, I guess, in the subscription boxes. Can you tell us what kind of things you put in? We do the program every other month and we have a different theme for each of those boxes. We usually have the items themed around the theme, but the books themselves are completely independent of the theme. So a kid that really enjoys fantasy books is not going to get a mystery book in the mystery box. He's going to get a fantasy book. Some of the themes that we've done before, we had a Japan theme because our teens got really into anime this year and manga. And we included a packet of strawberry Pocky, which they really liked, and a corn umaibo stick, which they really didn't like, and some anime stickers, which they were also a big fan of. We had a murder 
murder mystery box where we had the printable kill Dr. Lucky game, which is like a prequel to Clue where you have to go around and try to off the old man, which is a deeply entertaining game, but it's free to print off. That's part of what the game producer kind of believes in is having access to some of these games as well. We did a Candyland theme because they love the little pieces of candy that we put in the box and we pick the themes based on feedback and based on what we have available. We've done some themes that are kind of utilizing old summer reading theme materials just to get some of those out there. We had them left over in storage. We have had it on the How Did We Do form before where they pick what they want for the next theme. We found that a little difficult to purchase items for those. So in the future, we're kind of planning on doing that once at the beginning of the year just to sort of gauge interest and then from there kind of decide on our own. So beside the themed items, we also always include reader advisory materials. We have, oh, you enjoyed the murder mystery theme. Well, here are some really cool mystery books that you might enjoy as well. And here's how you can access them in the library in the past have kind of used the box as a accessible way to introduce more informational materials to them. So the specific examples, we were having a lot of problems at earlier on in the school year with some relationship problems between the teens. And so in one of our boxes, we had a pamphlet that was a list of resources for how to have healthy relationships. And this was a way to really privately give them this information. It's a lot more effective effective to be able to do that more quietly. So we've been able to use the box to do that sort of thing as well. I imagine it's pretty exciting when they come in to pick up their books. Do you have any information or have you collected any information on what the impact of the project has been? So it's been all anecdotal impact at this point. We don't require that they read the books as part of the project because we really want them to be able to choose the types of materials that they're reading. We really want them to understand just because one book isn't for them, there's going to be another book out there that is. And if we're giving them materials that they're not interested in, that's our fault. That's not on them. It's not because they're bad readers or they don't enjoy the types of things they're supposed to enjoy. It's because we're not doing our job in connecting them with the materials that they are interested in. As part of that, we don't do as much measuring of impact as we might otherwise. We also don't fund it with any kind of outside grants or anything. So we are fortunate that we're not required to do so, and it reduces some of the workload on us. So it lets us dedicate more time to it. I will say that it has been a really wonderful method of communicating to them how to get the books that they want. We found that a lot of the students read kind of more jargony phrases a lot differently than we might expect. So us library people are very well versed in this. We understand that when it says short story collection, it means a collection of short stories. But we had a student who very much understood short story collection to mean a short book and was very unimpressed by the short story collection that we had given them. So we were able to, through the how did we do form that they turned in, figure out that we were having that issue and sort of communicate to them, well, this is how we understand this. And if you are looking for short books, here's how you can say that to us in a way that will allow us to find those for you. I have to say that I'd be pretty excited to pick up a box of books for myself from the library every month. Are there any plans for expanding the project to adults or smaller children? 
So we talked about expanding it to the smaller children a lot. We have a couple of younger siblings who their older brother or sister gets the box and they don't, and they're very disappointed by this. And we usually try to make it better by just saying, well, this is one of the benefits of being a teen at the library. So when you age out of our kids zone, this is one of the perks that you get for going into this other group. You may lose access to these other services that you get now as a kid, but when you're a teen, you'll get access to this. We have talked about how we might implement a, a children's version of it. We've sort of gotten held up a little bit with the reading level question because we really want to make sure that this is a recreational program. This isn't assigned reading, but we want to make sure that the books are appropriate for the readers. We don't want to hand them a book that is going to be so far above their reading level that they're discouraged. And you really only get one shot at that. And then you sort of lose credibility a little bit. For adults, we'd love to do a version of this for adults, particularly promoting book clubs that we have. You could pick an individual title or a genre, and you could do a one-off to promote a book club. We've talked about going into retirement homes. We have a lot of local retirement homes, and that's a wonderful built-in audience where you'll definitely have kind of the same people also talked about doing digital versions of it where you just get a link to one of our e-resources, whether it's an audiobook or an e-book, and then maybe like coupons to local businesses, that sort of thing is our kind of goodies. We've got plans for expanding, but we're not currently doing so. Thank you for coming on the podcast today to tell us about this fun and also impactful idea. Are there any last thoughts you'd like to share? At the end of the day, we kind of started this program to rebuild the relationships with the teens that we had kind of greatly damaged during the height of the pandemic. We had a lot of teens that were in our building during a time when adults were accessing really valuable services in really dire circumstances. And it was just a really fraught kind of situation for everyone involved. And so we were spending a lot of time dealing with behavior problems and not having the recreational programs that we could usually redirect them to, to kind of solve some of those behavioral problems. So this was a really great way of showing them that we were interested in having personal relationships with them. We were interested in hearing the things that they wanted from us and just doing so in a way that was really fun. Who doesn't like a box of goodies? So... This has just been a really great way for us to rebuild some of those relationships that were really damaged. It's a great idea and we wish you the best of luck in continuing it. That was Lindsay Trammell, Youth Services Librarian at the Betty J. Johnson North Sarasota Public Library in Florida. Thanks for listening.